0: Chavez.
1: Thank you, Sid. Welcome to Messianic Vision, everyone. I'm your host, Donna Chavis. And right here at the beginning, I want you to prepare to receive some supernatural battle plans from a seasoned prophet and seer. The insights that she has gained in her prophetic encounters have given her seriously a supernatural advantage over the enemy. And now she wants to share them with us today. Are you ready? Please welcome back to Messianic Vision, prophet, seer, and author, Anna Werner. Hi, Anna. Hi. Hi, Donna. Thank you so
2: much for having me today.
1: Absolutely. We kind of uh, consider you one of our regulars. <laughs> what an honor. <laughs> well, you are because I know everybody knows you. They they know what you teach. They know how literally life-changing some of the, the resources that you provide are. So we, we love having you back. Anna, you're teaching that God is raising up a company of believers who can wage I love this word, victorious spiritual warfare. I really like the sound of that. But in a nutshell, what are we talking about here?
2: Yes. So, you know, often we think of that. I've seen a company of people that either sit on one side of the, if you think of a river, one side of the bank or the other, those who think of spiritual warfare as, you know, through Jesus, we've gained victory 100%, and so spiritual warfare doesn't exist. And then I've seen people who sit on the other side, and they focus on spiritual warfare. And I think that anybody who is seasoned, like seasoned with the Lord, understands this, that the darkness of the world does not like the light that we are carrying. Mm. Through the resurrection of Jesus, listen, we've gained complete victory, amen, and access to heaven. But... I do believe there's a little bit of danger that lies when we become a little lethargic and we believe that, okay, Jesus is victorious. I don't need to do my part in combat against the enemy. Uh, the enemy of this world is real. And I, I don't believe that talking about the devil at all, you know, builds him up. I actually believe the opposite. So our focus should not be set on the enemy attack but rather Jesus, he reigns over all. But we can't ignore that there's spiritual warfare. Um, if we ignore it, it's almost ignorant. But see, now is the time where we're to rise up and we gain tools and weapons yes. so that we can march against the enemy because we were created to actually be warriors.
1: Yes. Yes. Now, and I know your book, this is brand new, hot off the press, as they say, The Warriors Dance. Oh, my goodness, The Warriors Dance. Now, all of the the encounters and the the lessons in the book, you call them dances. Why did you choose that word?
2: Yeah, I called it dances because often um, you think about, I think people think of warfare and you think about um, combat, you know, like we're fighting and and this sort of thing. But I, I actually had two visions for this book that kind of launched it. One was, you know, those of us that were rising up against the enemy, but then also, which we'll talk about later, I had a vision of dancing with the Lord, and so the reason I wore at Warriors Dance is because if we're really, uh, like, if you think about dancing, we are free, and but we're victorious, and we're not from a place of being under Satan, but we are above, we're rising above Satan. So that's why I wrote it like that. I titled it very different than your typical spiritual warfare. Campaign. Yes. It's not It's not that we're not combating, but we're from the place of victory.
1: Yes. And I love that. I noticed that as soon as I saw that, and I noticed that. So so I thought that was awesome. Anna. now you mentioned that you had two visions that, that pretty much were the, the background and the premise for this book. Uh, tell me about the first one.
2: Yeah, I had a vision a couple years ago. And I saw kind of an end-time war, I could say it like that. And I saw it was between the enemy, and I saw the army and the bride of Christ. And in the fight, in the heat of the battle, I saw the king's army, and they resounded back this sound that they heard coming from the Father. And so from that vision, after I had that, the Lord asked me, Anna, you need to write this book more about how can we really— hear um, from god in the battle when we're in the thick of it and match his sound and using the word of god and his truth and when we use that we win that's the thing yes we become victorious and we've often we've heard this thing about using the the word of god we, we know that but do we actually do it you know um when we're in the moment when we're in the thick of it do we actually apply the word of god and and do we declare and decree the word that God has spoken? So many of us have promises spoken over our lives and but are in the moment when we're at our weakest and we rise up and speak those out and declare and match what heaven is saying. In um in Matthew four, we see Jesus and He's in the wilderness and he is fully attacked by the enemy. And when he is and you look at that, and you see that what he did to overcome is he soaked the word of God with his weaponry to defeat the enemy. So this is so key in that we're matching what God says. This is really how we win. Yes. So this is a very personal story, but I was up against the spirit of death. I was actually ministering on a team. It was in New Orleans. And... I was getting a time of rest. I was quite pregnant. <laughs> my daughter, who's, she's now six, but at the time I was pregnant. And previous before this attack, I had actually miscarried. I lost my first child, my son. And um, so what happened in this, this is a horrible attack, is I was in a room resting and I saw the spirit of death walk into the room. Now, it was the most horrifying thing I really ever saw. And I go into detail in the book, but but when, truth be told, when he came at me and my body went into full-on symptoms of a miscarriage, I'd had one previously, so I knew what was happening, hemorrhaging and contractions, all the things, signs of a miscarriage. And how I defeated him in that moment, I spoke the word of God. I started using scriptures that I know, and I would just speak them out and declare them and then the enemy would shriek back and then come advance towards me, the spirit of death, come back towards me. And as he advanced towards me, um, my body went into real pain, like really intense pain. And then I started declaring the promises of God. Um, he had, I had prophetically heard what my daughter would be like before I had her, you know, he had given me promises over her life. And so I just said, God your word says you said that she would rise up to be one of faith that she'll be called to be that in mission she'll be a seer she'll be you know i started prophesying all these things that god had showed me and then and the battle continued on back and forth back and forth and then finally i the last thing I did is i went into worship and i just started um singing now i'm not the best singer but in that moment listen <laughs> i was like i'm gonna rise up um and i worship 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 and that that Spirit of death finally left, just like that. It was defeated, and I'm happy to say my daughter is now six years old, um and she's wonderful. Yes, but it was a it was a real battle. And see, this is what I'm so passionate about talking about uh, about how do we become victorious? Because I know there's many of you right now you're listening to this, and your spiritual warfare you're going through may not look like that, but you're going through it. Like, I know without a shadow of a doubt that, that someone who's hearing this right now, Donna, someone's hearing this needs to hear this, that you can be victorious. You do not have to be in the position of defeat. And this story, when I rose up against the spirit of death, at first I felt so defeated. But as I declared the word of God and the prophecies and the promises and I worshipped, I gained strength to really war against this thing and eventually just be victorious.
1: Yes. And that's a perfect example, Anna, of you actually putting into action what God showed you and what you're teaching. So I love that. And that's, you know, that's the way this book is. So I appreciate that so much. Let's talk about some of the dances, as you call them. Tell me about the dance of a pure and unoffended heart.
2: Yes. The Lord has shown me in this whole all these visions that he's raising up right now ones that carry pure hearts before the lord and they're unhindered by offense and unforgiveness which that's not actually often talked about that we hear offense okay the the subject around offense and this is kind of the first time i actually had this revelation is that offense actually blocks the flow of the holy spirit and you know, there's so many opportunities these days for us to get offended, right? Right. Just sometimes we just feel like, oh, like the enemy can use, you know, everything to just get us offended in the little areas in our heart. But some, I do believe that offense, which this is not spoken a lot about, but I believe offense is actually one of the enemy's strongest footholds and hooks in this present day.
1: Yes. Yes, it is.
2: My heart attitude is an act of absolute worship and offering to the king. And if I if my heart is offended and and I'm speaking like you know, I'm not just preaching, I'm speaking to myself because I know there's areas that I gotta work on this too, but if my heart's suspended, I'm holding on to something that I can't really give a pure offering to him. It's almost tainted. And offense sometimes looks like this. I rise up right in the moment I think okay, I've got the right to be offended here. And in the moment, it might feel good. Like, you know, someone does something and it's an injustice because we get offended and it feels good to get offended. But actually, I say it's like drinking sweet poison because it's not good for our spirit Mm -hmm. poisoning us when we're offended. Right. Ultimately, you know, our response in the moment has to be, God, I'm going to be unoffended at your timing, your ways, this situation. I might not understand it right now,
1: but I still choose to love you. Yes. So we need to predetermine not to be (laughs) pre-offended. I mean, that's huge. It is a really huge thing, yes. And and I know you you tell a story, Anna, about uh, wanting to encounter God, and you were just sitting outside, you know, asking for an encounter, ready for an encounter, and you actually had an encounter with Him about this very subject.
2: Yes, it was interesting. I saw, I went into an encounter, and I saw all these um, horses, like if you imagine wild stallions. Um, Running And I saw them galloping, and they were just so free, and their freedom was just beautiful, and their strength was amazing. And then off in the distance, I saw this other horse, and he was really um, struggling. Like, he didn't look like he could run freely, and he was alone. And so I went, and I looked closer at what was going on with that horse, and I saw that it had this muzzle thing over its mouth. And I said, God, what are you showing me? Because sometimes He doesn't show me everything all at once. You know, I say, show me more, and He opens the revelation more. And I saw the word offense was written across the muzzle. And then I heard this phrase from the Lord: "I've called the body of Christ and your through them to love and receive freely, and to run with me. You're in it to, you're in it for the ride with me, and you can't have anything back restraining you. Offense is a." Strength to receive my glory. It will hold back the flow. Offense holds you back for every, from everything that I have for
1: you. Wow, that's strong.
2: Yeah, it was really powerful. After I heard, I went, "Wow," because even for me, this was the first time I'd ever heard anything like that of how key it is to try to remain unoffended. Yes, the key that we can flow in this everything that He has for us, really.
1: And and our response is so so important.
2: Yeah, how we respond. Um, I have a story about this actually personally that is interesting. But my husband and I, when we were we were missionaries in um, we were in Africa with Hyman Rone Baker, and then we went to India and Nepal. And God called us back from Nepal to live back here in Missouri in the states. We got back here. And it became real to us that we need a vehicle. You know, everything was pretty spread out. And we are like, how are we going to get around? We started praying for a vehicle. We didn't have much money to our name. You know, we had been missionaries. So we just didn't have money saved. And we are like, God, this would be a miracle. And someone actually gifted us a car when we got back. And that was a miracle itself. And then something happened to that gift. We were, one night, we were sleeping and right from our front driveway, which our bedroom window actually faced the driveway, but neither one of us woke up or heard a thing, which is so weird. But we, our car was stolen right off our driveway, Donna. My husband woke up in the morning. He went to go get us some coffee or something, and he said, where's the car? Did you move the car? And I said, what are you talking about? And he said, the car's not here, and we were just shocked. And our vehicle, now in the moment, we didn't know what happened to our vehicle. So it was very shocking. But what happened, the story goes on, the car was actually stolen and we found across the state line in Kansas. It was used to haul a meth lab, like methamphetamine, um, and it was full of, of drugs and alcohol and smoke, all this kind of stuff. And we actually had to pay to get that car cleaned. Okay, so it's quite a funny story. But in the moment, that, I want to go back to that moment when we discovered, you know, our car is gone, and we're in shock. I remember we were standing there holding hands in our living room, and I just was crying, you know, because I felt like, God, you, you, our gift, our beautiful gift was stolen from us. And I heard, I remember, words was so clearly strong. He said, I am testing your response right now. Wow. And... I said to my husband, "This is what I'm hearing the Lord say." So we grabbed hands, and this was a moment for us, for in our marriage, this was a big moment. Actually, we grabbed hands, and we declared, we made declarations that in this moment, in that moment, we said, "We will not be offended, no matter what, God." And that was a real turning point, you know, for us as far as just no matter what, we're gonna love Him. Yes, gonna be offended and. This is what I feel God is raising up this season, warrior bride. We might not understand what he's doing, but we will remain undefended because truth is, his love, God's love, is so unconditional. But we have to give it back. in the same response that it's unconditional. We love him no matter what.
1: Yes, and that is so important. And I want to talk about more of these dances and strategies that you teach um, on your teaching series here and in your book. But first, I just want to remind everyone that you've got the brand new book called The Warrior's Dance, which is amazing, and also a brand new teaching series. And it's also exclusive to us for here for our Messianic Vision and its supernatural audience. So you won't be able to get this anywhere else. So just make sure that you get the book, The Warrior's Dance, and also Anna's teaching series that she's preparing, especially for you, The Warrior's Victory. Now, I know you've heard Anna on the program several times, and I know that you know that her resources are always anointed. They're powerful, and as I said earlier, so many times, literally life-changing. So be sure to listen for Sid at the end of the program, and he's going to tell you exactly how you can get them. Anna, I definitely want to talk about some more of these lessons and uh, strategies that you call dances. Tell us about the dance of praise.
2: Yes. Yeah, so one day I had, this, I had this vision. This is a very powerful vision and why I wrote the book around dancing, really. I was in the throne room. I found myself there, and I was wearing this. It looked like a, a wedding dress. It was beautiful and white. And I was actually running towards Jesus. And as I was running towards him, though, no, I kept looking back behind me, and I was really out of breath as well. I was exhausted. And that's right then when I was, like, looking back. I realized, I looked down at my feet, and I saw I was wearing, like, really old, worn-out running shoes. And Jesus then walked towards me, and he extended his hand towards me. And in his hand were this beautiful pair of ballet slippers. And he looked at me, and he said, Anna, danced through it. Worship and dance freely in the throne room. So I took off my tennis shoes, these running shoes, and I put on these beautiful blue ballet slippers that Jesus had given me, and I began to dance in the throne room there. And as I danced, I just saw the most beautiful colors released in the throne room. And I felt so light, Donna. I felt so light as a feather in that moment. And I found myself then... Then I was suddenly face to face with Jesus and he looked right at me and his eyes were right there. And I mean, even as I'm sharing this, I just still, I can still feel the presence of God right now as I say this. And his eyes were so full of life and fire at the same time. And they just, just light gleamed out of them. And he said to me, he said, I see you. And with that one phrase, I was just undone. And so, previously, I had another encounter, actually, about praise. Now, when I had that one encounter, God gave you know, Jesus gave me the belly slippers. It after I had that, I realized, wow, the power of praise is so—it's such a powerful weapon. I've heard people say that before, but it really sunk in. You know, sometimes we gotta hear it a hundred times, right, until we're like, okay, we get it. Um, but I had this another encounter one time where I was taken up into almost a weaponry room in heaven. And I saw all these weapons lining the walls of heaven. And there were some that were, really, you know, big weapons. And I thought, oh, that's a good one. You know, yeah. I really crushed Satan with that. I like that one that looks really dangerous, you know. But I knew it wasn't for me. I just no, nope, that it's not for me. And then as I kept looking, I saw this. This one dress, it looked like amongst all these coats of armor and all this stuff, I saw this one shining dress and it looked like almost a knight, um, like a, you know, if you think of knight of the round table, like chain mill. Yes. For some reason, I knew that's mine. I just knew it. That's mine. So I put it on and as I was looking at it, I saw all these pearls sewn into it, into the inseams of it. And I thought, okay, that's so interesting. What does this pearl mean? What's the significance of this? And that's when I saw Jesus, and He smiled, and He looked at me, and He said, "You've chosen well." And He said, "These pearls are created out of friction. These are your these pearls represent sacrificial praise when you worship and praise out of great conflict, and praise will always be your weapon." So, this thing of praise is such a powerful tool. And when we pray, like when I talked about the, you know, facing the spirit of death and I moved to praise and worship, it really did cause him to shrink back. And it brings, when your worship actually brings the power of God, it refreshes and renews you. It says in Psalms 104, you know, it says we enter into his courts through praise and thanksgiving. And so this is such a, a key that often I was, Really missing, and I feel like there's those of us who we've not, maybe you've heard this before, but hear it again. Please get this worship causes the enemy to shrink back. Your praise and your worship is one of the most powerful things you can do to remain victorious and stand ground against the assaults of the enemy.
1: Yes, yes. And even healing. I know that you have experienced times in your life, Anna, where you were ministering and healing was even manifested through this weapon that you call praise. Yeah, yeah. yes.
2: Um, you know, we have a lot of stories of, of just things that have happened to us in the mission field. But one time we were in Mozambique and my husband actually got very sick. He got a staph infection. Um, in his blood from an old soccer wound there that he got in Africa and it was actually quite dangerous he went into very high fever and his fever wouldn't break and he's very very sick and I remember um, he's just moaning in bed and he was just not you know really conscientious (laughs) he was in and out of you know um, being just he was just really sick anyways I went into the little and I remember uh, it was really a prayer, but out of crying. And I said, God, what are you doing? You know, what am I supposed to do here? I need, I need wisdom, God. And I said, don't let him die. And it, it had gotten to the point where I thought he really, maybe he's going to die. And I said, we don't really want to go back to the States already because the doctors there were saying, you know, if he doesn't get better, if, if this fever doesn't break, you know, we got to get him back. We got to go back home. And I just said, you know, we don't want to go back. It's not our time. And then I heard this, this, this the voice of the Lord just audibly came in and, and said, go lay hands on him and sing my name, sing the name of Jesus. And so I thought, okay, that's really interesting. So I went back in where my husband was laying down on the little cot and I just said, honey, I'm going to sing over you you know, it sounds weird, but I'm just going to sing the name of Jesus. And he told me, are you okay? And he's like, "Ooh," you know, he's moaning. I placed my hand on his forehead right where it was just all sweaty and hot from a fever. And I just started saying, Jesus, 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 you know, and I'm singing the name of Jesus. That's all I say. And I kept singing it over and over. As I say, the presence of God, I'm telling you, it's, came into that little 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 hut it came in so thick and then his fever started to break suddenly his forehead got cold under my hand and I went oh it's working it's working you it can keep going <laughs> you know I was so it was like stopping but it went oh my gosh it's working so then I placed my hand on his chest and I went See because his chest was still boiling hot and I kept in the name of Jesus, and I kept doing this, and I, you know, all the way down to his feet, the fever completely broke, and then he sat up, my husband, Jim, sat up, and it was like, I felt like, I think I just raised him from the dead, you know, <laughs> you know, he, you know, it felt like that, because it was like, he sat up, and he didn't even look tail, it was like, he was brand new, and it was, wow, God,
1: wow, wow. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> definitely a wow. See, you're a wow person. I'm a wow person. <laughs> when things are so amazing, sometimes I just, I, I can't find the words and I just go, wow. So <laughs> I'm glad to hear you're a wow person too. Talk to us about this one, Anna. Uh This was something that I, oh, wow. I found this so strong in this book. You were You were talking about the dance of breaking chains and deliverance.
2: Yes, I just want to give a healing example that really is tied into this of, of breaking chains is once I was praying for this lady actually at a conference and I, I laid hands on her. And now as a seer, I often get, you know, the Lord will speak to me through the gift of sight. So he'll give me images or things like that. And it gives me tools in how to pray, really. It shows me how to pray. So when I laid hands on her, I saw this vision. I saw herself. Like if you imagine a blood cell, and it looked so like half-shaped, like a moon. And I was like, God, what is that? And then I saw the word negativity written across the self. And then God gave me this revelation. Right then, I just knew that I knew. He said self-criticism is a struggle. So this is what I did. I went to pray for her for her healing. And I just asked her, See, I think as prophetic people, we have to be, naturally supernatural, right? I didn't need to say, I see this half moon thing. You know, I just—I didn't even say that. I just said, hey, can I just ask you something? And I could be totally wrong, but I felt like the Lord just showed me something about you. Is self-criticism ever something you might struggle with? And she and Mary just started weeping. And you just melted, you know, just melted on my shoulder. She's mm-hmm. weeping, weeping. And I ended up in that moment, I led her through real deliverance of negative thoughts and patterns that she had brought life over her own body. And when we broke off some of those things, things that she had believed about herself and even spoken of herself, her healing came and was completely healed. So after that experience, I do believe that negativity or lies that we have locked in and agreed with the enemy on can actually affect our body at a cellular level.
1: Yes. And and now you talk about replacing those lies. Okay, yes, we, we've we recognized that, that here's negativity. Um, it's coming from the enemy, but we have to replace them with something.
2: Yeah. So this is something that I do actually daily. I like to do this just to like, just get before the Lord, and I encourage you to do it as well. I think it works really good. I've seen it work. I ask God, are there lies I'm believing currently that aren't yours, that aren't, they're not of you? Would you show me? And I just get really still, and you might bring something up, you know, you know fear, or you're never going to be good enough, or this big vision or dream that you have you know, it, it won't ever come to be. You're never going to get free from this. These are all common lies, And I'm saying it right now, I'm saying it because I know there's people listening to this, that those are some of the things that you might be having going on. And then when I do this daily little checklist thought, I say, um, I, I immediately, if something comes up, I immediately repent for it. I say, God, I just, but forgive me for agreeing with this. This is not true. This is a lie from the enemy. After I repent I get pretty bold actually. And I I say I forbid these this lie, whatever the lie still in the blank, to take up space and to dwell any longer in my mind. And that works so well. I do it just a daily check in with the Lord. And I just encourage you who's listening, is to do this too. It's a really good way to just get rid of, you know, breaking chains, <laughs> breaking off any lies.
1: Yes, and you had a piece of advice there that just sort of jumped off the page to me because I, I love little phrases and, and wordings that, that are like an analogy, something that creates a picture in your head so that you can remember it so clearly. You said, don't become a landing strip for the enemy.
2: Yes, you don't. People often ask me this because I'm a fear, you know, they'll say, do you see some, some witch, you know, is there a witch placing a curse on me or my family right now? And I, you know, people, and people really ask me this a lot and you know what, sometimes there is, but more often than times than not, most of the time, no, it's not that. It's our own, our own mind is often where the battleground is with the enemy and John eight forty four says the enemy is the chief of liars. So if he can get us to believe a lie, then he hooks us. And this thing about a landing strip. Let me let me give you an example. Perhaps you go to like a, a prayer meet or you receive prayer, and you get your healing. I've seen this happen before. Okay, and you get a touch of the Lord, a real real touch of the Lord, and you get a healing. And then a few days later. The previous pain that you had, it returned. I've seen that happen. The enemy, what I knew and I've seen, is he may try to come back in the same old way. Like, he comes to try to save away. But you have the victory. So I tell people this, and myself, make sure that our house like, is clean, if you think of that. That there's no sin in our life that could give the enemy access. So, um... And not just sin, but also lies that you've agreed with. Yes. This is the thing I know. They need somewhere to land. We see that in scripture where Jesus casts the demons out of the man and it goes they all go into the pig. They need almost a landing ground. So I say, Don't become a landing strip. Don't become a place for the enemy to you know, the demons to just come back. Um, I have a real example that this. this became a real wake-up call for me about this whole thing of uh, becoming a landing strip. My husband and me, when we were ministering in Nepal with Iris Ministries, we actually, um, we witnessed this kind of thing. We were ministering to this man, and we were there in the middle of this courtyard surrounded by, it was one of the heaviest places at Hindu temples. Hindu temples surrounded us everywhere. And there along, lining the, the streets were all the idols, all the little witchcraft tokens that you can purchase. So very heavy kind of warfare environment. And we went to pray for this man. And we asked him if we could pray for him. we tried to share a little bit of the gospel with him. And he was so angry. He was very, very angry. He was cursing us. He did not listen. He didn't want to hear anything about the gospel. So one of our team members actually got a word from the Lord that his back was injured. So we said, you know, could we pray for your back? And he said, okay. So we prayed for his back and he got completely healed. Now, when we were praying, though, it roused, like a whole crowd of roused, you know, came around us because it drew a crowd, you know, they're going, what's going on? And he got completely healed. And after he got healed, then he accepts Jesus into his heart. He got his miracle and then he said, okay, I want this Jesus. Now, the crowd, though, what happened is the crowd that was around us, when he became a Christian right then and there, the crowd rose up against us and they were trying to actually harm us. Our uh, translator actually saved us and rescued us out of a very bad situation. And he, I remember as we were escaping, getting, you know, mobbed, the translator turned to me and he said, you see that angry spirit, it needed a place to go. And I went, wow, you know, we literally saw that, Scripture come to life, yes. uh, Where you know it jumped into that crowd, and I thought, wow. So you know, we have to be just careful. We just you know clean house. We keep ourselves clean here before the Lord, so we don't we don't have give the enemy any access.
1: Yeah, and I know I know you recommend Anna because this is such a strong area of warfare, the battle in the mind. You recommend that people ask the Holy Spirit daily. Is there a lie that I'm believing?
2: Mm-hmm. I do. And then if he brings up, we break it, we repent for it. It's like I was sharing earlier, but then it's also key afterwards to, you know, ask the Holy Spirit now what's the truth as, as, you know, we want to then um, water our, our minds with what is the truth of God and be speaking that over ourselves.
1: Yes, yes.
2: We want to get the Lord's perspective um, daily. What is your perspective, Bob? What are you saying? What are you, you know, it's very important that we do that.
1: Yes. And I want to talk about that some more also, the the God's perspective. That is so, so good. Uh, first of all, let me just tell everybody once again, just quickly here, that we have available for you today on this program, Anna's brand new book, The Warrior's Dance, and her brand new and exclusive audio teaching series prepared just for you, The Warrior's Victory. So, so good. Now, remember, Sid will be here at the end of the program to tell you how you can get these uh, very, very powerful resources. So make sure you listen for that at the end. Anna, you started to talk about the dance of perspective.
2: You know, there's times where God told me, I'm just speaking personally, he said, He'll said, he say to me, come up here, come up higher, beloved, and see what from my view, my perspective. And I know so many of us would love to hear that from Jesus. And in Revelation 3, 18, it says, Purchase eyes shall to be placed over your eyes so that you can truly see. And I think for us to just rise up, you know, to this position of almost a warrior bride, we need to see with God, what is God seeing, with his insight. And I love, if you look at the life of Jesus, so many times, you know, he would see almost beyond. There'd be lots of impossible, hopeless situations right before him. You know, a little girl who's laying dead, uh, Lazarus in the tomb, all these things. You can go and look at all these different things throughout the scriptures where the situation looks impossible in the natural, but he was see, he had the perspective and wisdom coming from the throne room. So he wouldn't see the impossible, you know. And I think, uh, just to be clear, that getting God's perspective on our situation is not the same as positive thinking, because there's a lot of teaching out there that is uh, positive thinking and apply positive thinking, that sort of thing. No, I want to be biblically grounded, okay? And But I want to get God's perspective. God's perspective is what gives me hope, and I can see beyond the natural. And so I, this is something I pray so often, is that God, give me eyes to see as you do
1: so so Anna there was a time recently and you were just in Washington dc and you prayed that very prayer god give me eyes to see what you want to release not just what's in front of me but but what you want and show me how you see what what happened there
2: yeah it was an, an experience that it honestly surprised me i was there ministering with all these people and i was in the thick of it everybody's surrounding me and I'm praying for healing 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 and I said, God, what are, you, what are you wanting to do right now? Um, and what do you see in this situation? Give me your eyes. And right then I saw this pair of kidneys. It looked like kidneys just fall out of the sky. I know that sounds weird, but it is what it is. So I, I reached up and I grabbed the kidneys out of the sky. I grabbed them. I caught them. And then I had them in my hand and I said, okay, is anybody need a creative miracle right now, you need brand new kidneys. And sure enough, this lady stepped forward. Now, she hadn't even asked me for prayer for sneeze. I didn't know she needed that. So she stepped forward, and I laid hands on her, and I just said, God, would you do a creative miracle and give her brand new kidneys now in Jesus' name? And the power of God hit this woman. She fell back. She was not clear off her feet. <laughs> she lays down on her back, and so she laid there for a while, and I said, oh, Lord, I pray you're healing her right now, you know? <laughs> um, but what happened is she felt, truth be told, she felt all the pain released that had been. She had had so much pain going to that conference, and it was gone. And then, so what she did, she didn't tell anyone what she was going to do. She intentionally went and she drank gallons and gallons of water just to test it out. She said, I want this miracle, but I'm going to test it out. And sure enough, she had no problems with her kidneys. She didn't have any more pain. She could urinate without problems. She was completely healed. It was amazing. It was phenomenal. It blew my mind. I thought, wow, guys, amazing.
1: So that's okay, right, to to test something out. It's not a lack of faith or anything, but, but that's okay. You encourage people to do that.
2: I do. I absolutely do because, you know, I think we need to know that we're totally healed. And sometimes as we test it out, then the healing comes. I've seen that as well, where, you know, people, it, when they they get healed in their back and they know the Lord, you know, healed them and I say, okay, let's do something you couldn't do before. Let's go run. And they run and they, it's like they run into their healing. So I really encourage people, test it out, test it out.
1: That's amazing. You know, while we're right here talking about this, Anna, would, would you pray for those that are listening right now in the area of healing?
2: Yes, I would love to. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray um, for those that are needing healing in their bodies. There's many of you listening who, I, this is what I just hear from the Lord. There's been chronic problems going on for a long time, and you haven't had your breakthrough yet. God, I pray right now for absolute breakthrough. We just declare by your stripes, you've been healed. So, Father, I pray that your presence would pour over us like, like anointed oil from head to toe and restore our bodies back to complete health. And, Lord, I pray for freedom from chronic disease or chronic attack in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you, Father, that you are even imparting faith right now for the healing miracle to come now. The word is now.
1: Jesus name. Yes, yes, yes. Ana, I, I want to talk about what, what you call the dance of joy. And, you know, joy, oh, joy, everybody thinks it's wonderful. It's great. It's exhilarating. But you also call it one of our greatest weapons.
2: Yes, I think joy is one of our greatest weapons. And you're right, Donna. Honestly, it's really overlooked often. And But when we're in the middle of of spiritual warfare, this is the natural tendency is to just push through, persevere. Let's fight against this thing. We're in combat mode, you know? Um, But the truth is, there's always going to be war. There's always going to be spiritual warfare until the day of His return. But you know what? God is still so full of joy, so full of joy. And for many of us, I know many of us, this can be really hard to, you know, understand. Um, but truth be told, Jesus has already won. He's crushed Satan. It's done. And so, for this reason, Jesus can have joy. And it's so, it's one of the most overlooked weapons against the enemy's assault. The truth is, though, the enemy often tries to steal our joy. He really does. And what happens is, it's, when we get full of joy, it shifts our focus off the warfare. And I I actually personally experienced this. I was one day having, it was a really hard day. Um, I won't go into the details of what had happened, but you know when you're, let's just say when it rains, it pours. As far as warfare goes, it was on. Okay, so I was having a hard day. And the Lord took me into an encounter, and I saw myself at what I like to call the banquet table. There's this big giant table it was a wooden table and I was sitting across from Jesus and in that moment I had so like a million thoughts ran through my mind what do I ask him you know I'm right here with Jesus what can I ask him and he just smiled at me see in heaven you don't have to say our things out loud he's all knowing he's all seeing. so he knows what your thoughts are and so he just smiled at me and he said Anna let's just let's just eat together and we ate together. And his eyes, when I looked in his eyes and we were eating together, they were so bubbled up with joy, and he was so full of joy, and he was laughing. And I ended up just laughing and, and with him and enjoying that time. And when that encounter ended, so that encounter ended then, and I was back home. And truth be told, the situation of the day, all those things hadn't changed. All the things of warfare hadn't changed at all, but what changed was my perspective. It was completely different. When joy breaks in, oppression has to leave. And in this river of joy and his presence, we gain gain victory. I've experienced this so many times, actually, when I'm doing healing and deliverance, of praying for people that are walking through a very hard time that suddenly God's presence comes over me and I'm so full of joy. And as I pray for the person and they get they catch on to the joy thing, they actually get healed. So this is such a key and important thing. And I encourage so people say, you know, well, okay, Anna, that's great for you, but how do I get to this banquet table? I need a dose of joy right now. I need this. So I encourage people to do, you know, as Paul writes in Philippians 4 8, dwell on the very nature of Christ. Think about what is excellent, what is pure. Just set your mind on him instead of the warfare. Take your take your focus, or just shift off your warfare. Focus on him and watch just your perspective change as you get full of him, you get full of joy.
1: Anna, tell me about an, an actual healing that comes forth sometimes um, that's related to this this supernatural joy.
2: Yes, I, um, I experienced this with my husband and I. So we were in Mozambique, and then we were coming back to the States, and we um, ended up in South Africa for a short time, and we were with my husband's um, aunt and uncle. And we went to go visit a church, and we were in this church visiting, so it wasn't even a regular church press. They were just visitors. And there was this paralyzed man there. He um, was paralyzed from neck down, and he was in a wheelchair. And so I just respectfully waited to the end of service, and then I approached him in the back, and I said, is there any way I can, could we pray for you for your feelings? And he said, oh, yes, yes. And so we prayed, and I I said, now when I go to pray for people, um, I always ask God, what should I, what should I do, what should I pray, and then I go from there. I do what He tells me to do. I don't have like a, an algorithm kind of thing. I do, I just go with what He says to do. So He, God says, sing over Him. Now I'm not the best singer, but I did. So I started to sing over Him, and we we're I was singing a worship song, and God's presence started to come, and it was moving in this huge way, to just feel the presence of the Lord come, and he, the man actually started to feel waves of God's presence hit him, and he was so excited, it, you know, it was a new thing for him, and as the waves of God's presence come, he started to get mobility, like it started slow, it wasn't an instant healing, it started, you know, slowly, and then he started to get mobility in his arms. And his neck, he started turning his head and he didn't even realize I'm turning my head. Wow. Then suddenly, okay, so in that moment, joy hit me. Now, this doesn't, you think, why joy when you're praying for someone paralyzed? But see, this is what I'm saying. We got to see from God's perspective. Okay, so joy hit. And I started laughing. I was so bubbling up with joy. It was supernatural because this is like, I can't make this up, you know? (laughs) Laughing. And then I've got my hands on him. Now The joy was imparted, he started laughing too. He ended up laughing and laughing. So there my husband and me and this guy are just laughing. And as we laughed together, we prayed some more, but he was completely healed. Completely. (laughs) Like, it it was amazing. So he walked out of his wheelchair that day, and he went into the forum, and he and he yelled it all. This was a church that didn't believe in signs, wonders, and healings, by the way. Forgot to mention that. <laughs> he yelled, I've been healed, and walking he walked through me. And then he said, and it's my birthday. <laughs> healed him on his birthday. I didn't even know, but it was amazing. <laughs> Joy. Now, there's a lot that I did, but the joy of the Lord is what it really, like, you know, brought the healing at the end there.
1: Mm-hmm. It sounds like it's contagious.
2: It is. <laughs> it is. I've been in, you know, it just jumps on people. And, and it was, obviously, it was supernatural. Because that, in the natural, why would you be laughing? If right. You over someone who's paralyzed. That just, that seems not compassionate. But actually, it's the compassion of the Lord to bring us to a place of like his banquet table where we can have joy in the midst of the warfare. Yes. and have his joy. That's the compassion of the Lord.
1: Yes. Anna, we are almost out of time. I would love for you to just take a couple of minutes and minister to those that are listening and then pray for them before we go.
2: Absolutely. Thank you Holy Spirit. Father, right now I just thank you and I declare that we are not defeated. I just actually feel to start and pray that you who are listening to this are not defeated. That is a lie of the enemy, and I break it off of you in Jesus' name, and I say that you are victorious. God, I pray that you would renew our strength right now as we shift our eyes onto you and we get your perspective. Your word says that by your stripes, We are healed. And that word, God, I'm declaring is body, soul, and mind. Father, I speak your peace over any circumstance, any circumstance that we are going through today. I actually speak the word peace to the storm. So find yourself right now that you are in a storm. I just see the Lord as he spoke peace, as Jesus spoke peace to the storm and the waves got still. I speak that. Same thing over you. Peace through the storm in Jesus' name. God, I pray holy for just, um, I just pray for supernatural joy now to just come over us. Lord, <laughs> it doesn't make sense. Why would we have joy, the joy of the Lord, when we're going through all of this? But, Father, you declare all oh, you want us is to cease, cease, cease. With you, God. Lord, would you speak back over us who we are, who you say we are, and what you say about this circumstance? I pray the impartation now of faith, 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 faith to be released. Whoa, just faith in the fire of God to be released to you who's listening to this right now to rise up, rise up beyond your circumstance. And I declare that that which God has said, what he has said to you, will come to be in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Yes, yes. Amen. Anna, thank you so much for being with us today. It's always a pleasure to have you. I'm looking forward to everyone reading this material and listening to these teachings because it was just, just powerful. So thank you. And I want everybody to know once again that Sid's gonna be here as soon as we say goodbye to let you know how you can get Anna's brand new book, The Warriors Dance, and also her brand new and exclusive audio teaching series, The Warriors Victory. Sid.
0: Anna Werner had such an encounter in the throne room of heaven that the warrior's dance was downloaded to her. This is a totally different paradigm, a different kind of revelation when it comes to defeating the enemy and experiencing complete Victory. I know you want to read this book. Don't miss Anna's brand new book and her new and exclusive audio teaching series. You'll receive these new paradigm battle plans from a seasoned prophet and seer. The insight that Anna has gained supernaturally has given her an advantage over the enemy. Don't you want that same advantage? You can get Anna's brand new book, The Warrior's Dance, in her brand new and exclusive three-part audio teaching series, The Warrior's Victory, for an investment of only 35 U.S. dollars. To order, call 1-800-447-2697. That's 1-800-447-2697. Or go to our website at sidroth.org. S-I-D-R-O-T-H dot O-R-G. Be sure to ask for offer number 9668. That's offer number 9668.